The Secrets of Doctor Who is brought to you by the Star Quest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, episode number 108. Oi! Don't be scared. All of this is new to you and new can be scary. When people need help, I never refuse. There's this moment when you're sure you're about to die, and then you're born. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Should be fine. Hi, I'm Don Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, where we discuss everything about the hit BBC series Doctor Who. Today, we're concluding our discussion of Season 11 that began last week, and at the end, we'll hear feedback from you, our listeners. And joining me today on the panel, as always, are Father Corey Stika and Jimmy Aiken. And now we return to our discussion of Series 11. Um, mm-hmm. So at this point, I want to shift gears and want to talk about the episodes. Now, I don't want to get into too much detail, but we thought we'd be fun to yeah, kind of. Because we already did whole podcasts on <laughs> yes. each episode. Yeah, exactly. You can go back and listen to those uh, one at a time if you have not yet listened to those. But what I want to do is to sort of, now that we've seen them all, uh, to rank them, to give our, uh, a ranking mm-hmm. of the episodes. Uh, how do you guys want to do this? You want to go in a round robin or do you just want to give your listing, uh, each of us give our listing at once? Uh, what do you think is the best? It be easier for us to to give our lists one at a time. All right, Jimmy, why don't you go ahead on that? I'll go, I'll go last as the host. Okay. Well, uh, first of all, I'll give an overall season assessment. Uh, you know, uh, some people have like really talked up this season as if it's the greatest thing ever on the show. And to me, this season is just meh. The stories are, are I, I, there are things I like about them. They were pleasant to watch. I'm sure I'll watch them again in the course of time. But the season as a whole did not wow me. <clears throat> um, I, it, there were, it, it was really kind of in the middle. If I was to give it a score uh, on one to 10 as a season, I'd probably give it a six. Maybe a seven if I'm feeling generous, but really probably about a six. Um, I, I thought it was pleasant, and that's about it. It did just did not grab me, uh, and I think that was down to the writing. Uh, in terms of this, it, and there were various issues with the stories, but just to 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 go through a, t- a top, I guess, eleven list, ranking them right. in terms of the eleven episodes. At the bottom, I'd have to put Rosa. And I hate to put it there because it deals with very important issues. It it uh, It's very well executed in some respects, but it also has a glaring flaw. Every single white American is a vicious racist. And I'm sorry, if you're going to demonize my culture in that way, don't expect me to put your episode high. Because I you need to be respectful enough of white Americans, including Southerners like myself, to recognize we are not right. all racists. And you need to be able to acknowledge that in your show. If representation is so important, good white people need representation, too, not just bad white Americans. Um, So uh, so I'd have to put Rosa at the bottom just in terms of my own enjoyment. I'm not saying it's technically the worst episode or anything like that. But in terms of my own ability to enjoy it, that really killed it for me. Next Mm -hmm. to Rosa, I put the Witchfinders. Um, the witch finders was better. It was more enjoyable, but ultimately the villains end up being a complete washout for me. And we've got all this uncomfortable stuff going on with King James and 
this is one that didn't go as off the rails as I thought it might have. But um, but it still was one of the less enjoyable ones for me, and probably probably in part because I had to watch it, worrying how far off the rails are they going to go here, and that <laughs> natively creates a drag on your ability to enjoy the episode. Above that, probably Arachnids in the UK, um, which was fine except for the Donald Trump character, and <laughs> you know it's just a huge distraction from telling me a story. And, uh, you know, whatever you think of Donald Trump, I mean, I, my impression is both Trump supporters and Trump detesters in this country just found that character a colossal distraction that interfered with their ability to enjoy the story. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I'd probably put that as the third uh, from the bottom. Then uh, Demons of the Punjab, uh, I thought it like Rosa, it handled a very sensitive historical issue that's very serious and and that was okay but it did it more sophisticatedly you mm -hmm. had a complex portrait of both the hindu side and the muslim side in this conflict and that complexity elevated it in my opinion and my ability to enjoy it kind of in the middle the ghost monument it was fine it was pretty forgettable that was about it it's a, it's a kind of survival, you know, great race thing going on. And it's it is pretty forgettable, but it was fine. Above that, the woman who fell to Earth, I thought it had some nice surprises. Um, I uh, I thought it was uh, better than I expected. It had some flaws, but it was it was fine. Uh, the Battle of Ranskor Avkalos paid off. Uh, I thought it had some very dramatic elements in it that I thought worked well. Um, we also got a, a reappearance by Tim Shaw, which I thought was nice. Although, you know, this also had flaws like every episode this season. I thought it, I thought it improved above that. I liked the Saranga conundrum. I thought it had a bunch of nice stuff in it. And over time, I've even warmed up to the Pating, which was <laughs> the most interesting of the new monsters this yeah. season. Well, I should say second most interesting, the most interesting new monster this season I'll I'll mention in a minute. Above the Saranga conundrum, I'd probably put resolution. I thought mm -hmm. it 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 did new stuff, especially the first like half of the episode to two thirds. Once they embiggen the story and start putting the stakes up at Earth level, Earth threat level, I start to enjoy it less. But when it worked as when it was working as a um, more intimate, you know, one person is dealing with this Dalek that's out of its shell, but is still incredibly dangerous. I thought that was very successful. Uh, so I like that. Above resolution, I'd probably put Kerblam, which was a lot of fun. And it had the most interesting monster of the season, namely that shipping clerk guy or that janitor guy yeah. who who is he's the he's the villain. You don't see that coming in the beginning, and he's got an interesting motivation that works. Unlike Space Racist from Rosa, mm -hmm. we have an understanding of why Janitor Guy has gone down mm -hmm. the path he has. Right. And it makes sense. You don't have to agree with why he's gone down this path, but it you could see why someone would become this kind of economic terrorist, which is what he is. Um, and so that that made sense to me. Probably at the top, I would put It Takes You Away. I mm. thought the horror element uh, worked for me. Uh, the The final sequence with the frog puppet, 
um, I think could have been better executed. I didn't mind the fact it was a frog, but I just thought it was poorly executed as a puppet. And <laughs> um, and I and so I'd probably put that one at the top. But it's a it's it's a pretty close, not quite tie, but pretty close packing between it takes you away kerblam and resolution with the saranga conundrum coming up just a little shy shy of that okay uh father cory your uh assessment now, I'll kind of do like Jimmy, you know, to kind of talk about the season as a whole first, you know, and I, I more I more or less enjoy this. You know, I know there's a lot of a lot of critics, uh, amateur critics, let's just say not not so much the professionals, but, you know, people who are doing YouTube and so on who really are dissing this season. And I don't see it. I don't see that it is that horrible. Now, there have been issues we've talked about and we've talked about and we've talked about. Um, it's not oh, a perfect he, season. It's not a great season. Yeah. And if you if you don't mind, if I chime in on something, Father, yeah. I agree. This is not the uh, in saying the season is meh. I'm not saying it's bad. Um, no. There are bad seasons. Trial yeah. of a Time Lord can be excruciating. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so this was far from the worst Doctor Who season no, no. ever. This was somewhere in the middle to me. I'm just saying it's not the greatest thing ever. No, no, I, I, I do. I do rank it a little higher than meh. I don't think it's quite to the level of the Dr. Donna le- season. I That's one of my yeah. favorites of New Who. But um I still think it's a, a one of the better new who seasons. Definitely. Um, I generally liked the standalone, you know, even if I said, you know, the, the, you know, the overarching story arc with more standalone, I like the fact that it was a standalone, the standalone adventures. I, I kind of going more to a classic who style format. Um, I think it started out shaky, but got better over the season. Um, and so, you know, looking at the episodes and I, I've, Originally, I ranked them only top three and bottom three. I've kind of filled in the filled in the gaps here. Uh, so the middle, to be honest, the middle of what I, my ranking is kind of they're pretty close. There's really not a lot of difference. So it's almost an arbitrary ranking. I also put Rose at the bottom. Again, all the issues we talked about in that episode. Uh, every episode, by the way, there are things I liked and things I didn't. Some episodes I just didn't like more than I, things I liked. And Rose, is, unfortunately, is that one. I put Ghost Monument second because it felt too much of a Hunger Games Maze Runner type episode. It was just kind of a it was basically extended episode of how long is it going to take the doctor to get back to the TARDIS? Right. It was, you know, just TARDIS separation syndrome extended for a whole episode. Um, Witchfinders just meh. That That's where I put the meh. The episode of Witchfinders, I just, you know, it's funny as I was looking at this list, I thought about it. It's like there really isn't anything I can say about it that is really stands out. It's just there. Um, Arachnids in the UK. Uh, Jimmy mentioned it. You know, there's the, the Trump clone. Um, Demons of the Punjab. I can, again, these, this is the point where they're all kind of in the similar level. Demons of the Punjab. Saranga Crundum. It takes you away. I all kind of put them in basically the same level. I just ranked them in that that level just because to got to rank them somewhere. I really liked resolution. I know I didn't get a chance to talk about resolution last week. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun episode. It didn't quite make my top three, but I thought it was close. I thought it was close. Battle of Ranskor off Kolos. I put number three because I thought it was a great resolution for Tim Shaw. I thought that they did a good job resolving Tim Shaw uh, and everything there. And also a bit of the conclusion to Ryan and Graham's grief. I think that was that was kind of a point where they were able to conclude some of that. Uh, number two, I put Woman Who Felt Earth. I think that's one of the best of the new who post regeneration episodes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely not an encounter in mm-hmm. Farpoint. Oh, wait, that, I'm sorry. That's a different 
podcast. <laughs> Never mind. For those who don't listen to Secrets of Star Trek, we've ranked that as the worst of the ep- in, uh, um, premiere episodes of Star Trek series for, <laughs> yes. with good reason. Um, and Kablam, I put as the top just because that is probably the most fun episode of the entire series. It's just ridiculous fun. And I enjoyed it a lot. Okay. It's interesting to hear because all of us, we've, our rankings are different, but the groupings Mm -hmm. are in general are similar. Um, Mm -hmm. So as I give my listing, so my overall assessment is I'm, I'm with you, Father Corey. Uh, I'm a little more than meh. Uh, It wasn't great, um, but there were definitely flashes of, of enjoyment. I'm glad I watched it. It was better than some early seasons of new who. Uh, in the early days, um, it was certainly bad. I felt like it was better than the Martha Jones season with uh, sure. with Tennant. Um, so if I'm you know ranking things like that, uh, there were high points and low points. So let me just get into my listing. I put at the bottom. I put Arachnids in the UK because not only do we have the Chris Noth obnoxious uh, Donald Trump analog, uh, we have giant spiders, and that's just. No. <laughs> Why did it have to be spiders? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, especially, you know, and sympathy for giant spiders. It just it doesn't work for me. Um, so and you've said you guys have said plenty about it. We've said enough in the episode. So uh, I put the witch finders uh, next from the bottom um, for a lot of the same reasons. I felt like the conclusion to that, the the, res- the, the resolution, if you will, of, of that episode was just a mess and it, it didn't make sense. And Literally then were, with the mud monsters. Exactly. Yeah. And it was just just some and then some weirdness before that. Uh, Ghost Monument, uh, like like you, Father Corey, I just was like, it's sort of meh. It's just like it's sort of forgettable. There's there's some a couple of interesting elements in it. But it was there was it was just a race across the desert to get back to the TARDIS. And that was eh. mm-hmm. the, the only memorable thing in that episode is the doctor solves the ultimate crisis by lighting a cigar. <laughs> that, yeah. that is that is I I did like that about it. Um, yeah. uh, what and the thing, one one of my criticisms of, of it is this introduction of the abandoned child and never do anything with it. That right. that that kind of makes me angry at it. I rank Rosa higher uh, than you guys, although it has I agree with some of the problems that you guys mentioned. I I like the character of Rosa herself enough. Yes. That yeah, she put, was great. And that it, for me, it pushed it up a little bit in the rankings. But I I, I you know that, like I said our. Our, and general assessments are the same, and the rankings might be a little different. Uh, I like the image of the Punjab because it was a different locale. It was a beautiful mm-hmm. locale. I mean, that part of the, my enjoyment was just watching the cinematography and the, the location shots. Oh, yeah, it was beautiful. And, beautifully shot. Yes. And and the introduction of, of the Indian culture and just having that is something new and different. And I'm, I was happy mm-hmm. with that. So that puts it in the middle. There were, there were its problems that so we talked about. Um, I put the... Woman who fell to Earth, kind of in the middle, uh, but it was hard for me because it started at the near the top for me. But then I kept running into things like, well, I kind of like that a little more, and I kind of like that a little more. <laughs> I liked Woman who fell to Earth for the introduction of the companions, um, the sacrifice, the the that characters do die under Chris Chibnall and stay dead to a degree uh, that wasn't really. Uh, 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 her coming back and, and it takes you away. Um, I was a little worried for a second. But uh, so it's I, I did like it for that, but it just kind of fell in the middle because of um, well, just because I like the others better. That's all um, <laughs> yeah. I put. It takes you away above above that sort of closer to the middle. 
Um, I love the Norwegian noir, uh, sort of the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the Scandinavian noir stuff. Um, the, the alternate universe bit kind of lost me a little and, and the dad being an idiot just didn't, didn't ring true, mm-hmm. but that's just, that was me. So, uh, the battle of Ranskar of Kalos, that one started in my listings. It started much further down than it eventually ended. But as I thought about it, there were things to that. I really liked character moments in that. Uh, that I really liked. I, uh, you know, I liked Ryan and Graham working together on that one. That was really good. Uh, and the doctor kind of taking it to Tim Shaw, you know, in there a little bit. That was, that was pretty good too. Um, Saranga conundrum was great space spaceship sci-fi. Uh, I like that part. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some real sacrifices in that. And the Pating was just kind of a weird, like homicidal porg, you know, or something. I don't know. It just was kind of yeah. <laughs> like it, Jimmy, it kind of grew on me a little bit. Uh, I, I did. I did like the fact that it was this implacable enemy that you could not defeat. And they had to find another solution other than just killing it, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Kerblam, I put it number two. Some of this is a bit arbitrary, the one and two and three. But Kerblam, I put it number two. Like you said, a lot of fun. Interesting concept. I like the si- the uh, secondary characters. I think almost all. In fact, I liked all of the secondary characters in it, including the villain. Um, the real stakes for that poor girl who who gets killed in it. Um, mm-hmm. I I am not happy with the continuing uh, aspect of this. The I mentioned this in the episode of taking a character, making you really like them as sweet persons, and then doing something horrible to them so that yeah. you feel bad about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's drama, dude. That's how it works. <laughs> There's Gotta ways to do about. it. <laughs> yes. That's like the that's like the 18 year old pimply faced kid who goes off to World War II and has the picture of his girlfriend that he shows, and of course the next scene he shot. Well, because you know that they're, they're gonna they're gonna do some bad to, which is they did the opposite of that in my favorite episode this season, which was Resolution, which is mm-hmm. where uh, the the girl Lynn, Lynn I Lynn. can never remember mm-hmm. names, names, but so Lynn she does survive. She you know. Um, there are real concerns. They did something really interesting with the Daleks, something new. Um, they showed the doctor a flash of the doctor, as we've always known her and him, uh, the, you know, that w- when it comes to Daleks, there's that Daleks are a special case for the doctor. And there's that, that animosity between them. Um, I like that. Uh, you know, we did mention Jimmy that they, they had to turn up the stakes to 11 and make it all about the whole world. Uh, the end that kind of takes a little bit of the shine off, but, uh, but that was my my favorite episode of season, especially also with um, resolving the to a degree the Ryan Graham Aaron situation without mm-hmm. completely resolving it, but doing it in such a way that feels right, and I like that about mm-hmm. it as well. So <clears throat> that was so that's our rankings of it. Uh, just we we're, we're, this is going to go a little long, folks, because we got some a little, some more we want to go with here. But uh, <laughs> I want to talk about some more aspects of it. We talked about Jodie Whittaker as the new doctor earlier on. I want to talk Mm -hmm. a bit more about the companions here, if we can. Um, I think universally when it comes to companions, both people who hated this season and people who love this season, the one, the one thing that that everyone agrees with is Graham is the breakout character. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think he's the he definitely he's the best developed character. I think, you know, he started out very uncertain and shaky and almost kind of cowardly. Yeah. You know, he's yeah, like, oh, he's, we don't need to go there. We don't need to do you no know, come come back. Great. We don't need yeah. to do that. But by the end of it, and actually it was only within a couple of episodes, I think they let Bradley Walsh take the character over. 
mm-hmm. and some of his humor came out and some of his personality came out and he just, he became this, probably the strongest companion. Yeah. In my yeah. Opinion. I think he's definitely the strongest companion. Um, and he didn't get a good introduction. Although frankly, if Grace had listened to him, she would still be alive. Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> the, uh, he, and I don't like what I'm about to say now, <clears throat> but even though Graham is 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 clearly the most interesting and enjoyable of the three companions, he's not that great. He I think he's I think he's the best and I think he's interesting and I like Graham, but he doesn't wow me the way some previous companions have. Um, he, I think the reason he is as good as he is, is because he's been paired with a couple of characters who are either not likable, like Ryan is largely not likable. Mm. He's, he, he spends too much time complaining about things or who are not there like Yaz, who is not given enough to do. And so by comparison, Graham shines because he's there, he's got stuff to do. He's not constantly complaining, and he's the most mature of the characters, so he's not always making mistakes. <laughs> Until they left without him. <laughs> right. Well, on the, yeah. on the New Year's Day episode. Yeah, right. Well, in some of that, so, like, I agree. Graham, I think, is partly because he's written that way, partly because of the of Bradley Walsh, uh, like you said, Father Corey. Um, I think I think I, I agree with you some to that, to a degree, Jimmy, in that, he stands out because the others don't uh, stand mm-hmm. out as much. And he's a bright spot in a season that's pretty average, as we've said. Um, I, I want to like Yaz more. I, I, I yeah. What I've seen I of Yaz, I've like liked. all three of them more. Right. But but I want but I want if Yaz got more screen time, like right. she got basically one and a half episodes of screen time. Uh, you know, then then there would be there would be more to Yaz to 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 appreciate. Well, that's and that, that's sad because I think she started very interesting. You know, this idea, you know, she was a police rookie. She's trying to, you know, really crack into becoming a police officer. And she's very energetic and go getter and wants to get, you know, yeah. and then nothing. They completely dropped that. Well, they had they had their family issues. And I think that was actually kind of fun and interesting to see her yeah. family and everything and and her you know grandmother, you know, way back when and all that. I thought that was very interesting. But again, they kept her such a flat character. Right. They really didn't develop her beyond that. Well, the whole thing with her being a, a police officer. They they could have done so much more with that. There were mm-hmm. many times through this season where that could have entered into the character, into the into the story, and they didn't do anything with it. And I feel like that maybe they're just going to drop that whole thing. I yeah, mean, just one, even once the, in a while, they they kind of bring something up where they would make it clear that she had this ability because she was a police officer, you know, right. to guide people or something like like that. But it wasn't much. Well, and then there's the the, the perennial question of like people who travel with the doctor, like. Is she is she been fired yet? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. She, I mean, because Ryan worked in some warehouse, so he didn't really care about that job. And 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 Grandma's retired, but you know, she was a a rookie who wanted to, you know, a probationary officer who wanted to really get up in the. And now she's a, has she disappeared from her job? Has she been gone for six hours? Marty, you're not thinking four dimensionally. <laughs> Apparently, right, right. I know, I know. So well, there um, wasn't even there wasn't even a line like from her mom. It's like we you haven't called in a week. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, like Jackie and Rose been traveling for a while. Right. With Jackie and Rose, we got a sense that Rose was away with the doctor. Um, and that was and in fact, at one point 
they were gone for like 18 months with from her point of view and well you, there was you the, know, that was an you, accident yes well, there's the, it, was, it was a month or you've only been gone a week yes and i meant a year or no a day you've only been gone a day i meant a year <laughs> right right Oops. Uh, and then with ryan he, he brought up he's he's spends a lot of time brooding and resentful um mm-hmm. and and you could chalk it up to him his grief but Graham is grieving too, and he manages right. to be interesting and fun, and something happening with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, and again, is are they writing him that way? Is that the actor? I, I've seen um, the actor uh, uh, Tosin, Tosin. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he he does kind of have a flat affect to him. He's mm-hmm. not very emotional mm-hmm. in general. He seems subdued in in his own personality. So maybe that's what's coming across in the character. Right. I don't know. So it's it's I don't know, it's interesting. But one of the th- one of the things that I wouldn't have minded, but I think they missed their chance on this now, is to show us actual grief in terms of Graham or Ryan crying their eyes out in pain yeah. over the loss of of Grace. Um, because they would both have that reaction and right. and it would have made for very interesting drama to have them both in that state early in their relationship and to have Graham at that moment reach out to commiserate with Ryan when they're both tearful and to have Ryan rebuff him at that moment. Mm-hmm. That would have been very powerful to watch. Yes. Um, and it would have set up their future character arc in a more demonstrative way. Right. But they didn't go there. They missed that that opportunity. Um, okay, so let's move on to talking a, a bit about um some of the more uh technical or less uh story less story related and more about the show itself and its ratings. Um ratings mm-hmm. are always a big issue because it's it indicates is the show gonna, you know, be profitable and gonna be continuing. Um and so we've got basically we have two sets of ratings we want to consider. We want to consider the UK ratings, which are probably more important to whether the show continues. And then we we can look at the US ratings on BBC America. Um let, we'll talk about that one first because that'll be easiest to 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 discuss. Although we should mention the show moved this year from Saturday to Sunday. Um and one of the reasons they did that was because la- the last season uh that they did it with the with Peter Capaldi's doctor, uh, it was on a Saturday going up against a very popular uh, dance, dancing with the stars sort of show um, mm-hmm. that strictly that, come dancing, strictly come dancing. Yes. And and that was causing some some ratings problems. So when you discuss the ratings, especially the UK ratings, that has to be taken into account that the shift in, in day and the, and the types of competitions up against. But so the American ratings. um it's amazing to me how how small they are uh, on BBC America, um, but it's mm-hmm. but this is just BBC America, not including the Amazon. I, I don't think it includes the Amazon Prime uh, streaming and other ways that people watch it in America. Right. But um, they're, they're they're like the the first episode had one point three six million viewers. They uh, and it went down to I think what was it. Uh, they only have dates, not the names, so I have to kind of cross-reference. Uh, Saranga Conundrum was a low point this season for for it, which was um, about 685,000 people watching uh, on American TV. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but according to um, 
Let's see. Vi- how, how does that? Do you have info on how that compares to like Peter Capaldi's last season? Yeah, according to Van- a Vanity Fair article, I found it the the season's first eight episodes. So it, this is all they have is the first half of the or first three quarters of the season. The first mm-hmm. ep- eight episodes averaged one point six million viewers, which was a twenty percent jump from Peter Capaldi's final season as the Doctor. So okay, um, and again, we, th- so that's in America. So it wasn't where it was going mm-hmm. up against. Um, uh, strictly come dancing. Strictly come dancing. Right. On the other going hand, up against everything else, it was going. You know, here it was going up against the American football and, and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it, so you know, it's uh, it's that's a pretty good jump. That's a good boost from then to, to now. So the American, that's the American ratings. The- and, the, and the difficulty with with the two ratings, you kind of hinted at it, Dom. But you know, I th- I think the the British ratings they can. Of course, they can track people who stream it from the BBC website. That's the primary way the Brit- British people would watch it streaming. Uh, right. They can track it through the DVRs, you know. Um, but here in the States, it's pretty much what does um, uh, the, the Nielsen ratings show? You know, right. and that's that's just kind of a, a scattered snapshot of whoever happens to get one of those little books to rate for this particular week. Right. Yeah. The the way the ratings are done, TV ratings are done in the States is Gone, undergone a a sea change. It's a massive problem. I mean, this, this is sort of mm-hmm. s- uh, separate from our our current discussion. But but you know wh- whether it indicates the success of a show or not, be given the 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 many and varied ways people watch TV now and the delayed watching and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. you're right that so whereas in the the UK they they can get I think they can get a much more accurate sense of the relative uh-huh. popularity at least, if not. Right. The overall from, from iPlayer, but I think they still use TV diaries there as well for live broadcast. Mm. Right. Right. So um, one of the th- so there were a couple of and Jimmy, you recommended a couple of videos that we watched where people, uh, some folks cover the ratings on a regular basis. And, right. and so there were some articles as well. If you go to the uh, Wikipedia page for Doctor Who episodes, it shows the UK viewers, um, the UK ratings there um, in general. The ratings are higher. They're much higher than they yeah. have been in the last few years. Uh, there's just no denying that um, it's been more popular. Um, probably the high point for New Who was season four. That was the the David Tennant, uh, Doctor Donna um, yep. mm-hmm. uh, season. That's probably the high point for for the for New Who. Um, probably for Who in general. I think even like old classic Who uh, never got these sorts of ratings uh, the same way, and they're measured differently because they were different time uh but uh it's so it, it did very well in the ratings um his, the historical episodes generally did better than the sci-fi space episodes which i thought was mm. interesting um it was consistently ranked in the top 10 of shows in on british tv each week which mm. capaldi episodes did not do that as well um and that that the the relative ranking has to do with all kinds of things, including what else is on TV and that sort of stuff. So that's hard to that's it's a little bit of apples and oranges. Hmm. Um, but it's the best viewing figures that they've had in the past ten years, which is good if you are wanting to keep Doctor Who on the air. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. I think it's How, kind of frustrating but, when you go watch some of the the YouTube videos out there because I, I unfortunately I, when you're talking ratings, it's kind of a sticky point because. I think a lot of these commentators have been putting their political 
views and which ratings they read. Like you said, like here in the United States, maybe it hasn't been doing as well, although it sounds like it actually it was. Mm-hmm. But oh, but it started out strong and then dropped. Well, you look at every season of pretty much every series starts out higher and drops. It's very rare that a season doesn't go up. The question, though, and I think and now I have been among those who have been, you know, saying the ratings are fine. Actually, the ratings are up. Mm-hmm. And that's tr- and and so I've been, you know, kind of monitoring the arguments from both sides uh, in terms right. of are the ratings good or bad. One thing that I think the the people who are glasses half empty advocates have that I think potentially is on their side is even though the ratings started higher and they were always going to start high because mm-hmm. it's the first woman doctor, that's something brand new that's going to attract additional eyeballs. Um, and then they then they would drop as we would expect. The question is, how much do they drop? Right. And they dropped a lot this season um that we went from in in terms of the final consolidated ratings which include i believe seven day viewing figures including iplayer we went from basically 11 million with the woman who fell to earth to six and a half million and actually is even a little less than six and a half million with it takes you away so mm-hmm. um so that's a substantial drop that does look at least somewhat steeper than drops in previous seasons. For example, if you look at the previous season, it started uh, with the pilot at uh, 6.7 million and dropped only to 5. Point, well, to five, a little, some of them, it didn't hit its low point at the end, but it dropped to 4.7. So it dropped by about 2 million. Here, going from 11 to 6.5, it dropped by um, like 3.5 million. So it was somewhat of a steeper decline and a higher percentage of the audience walked away. Now, that's it's still doing good, and it's not going to get canceled next year and probably not mm-hmm. the year after that either. But if this trend were to continue uh, into next year, um, we ended this season at the premiere of the level of the previous season. If this drop continued into next season, we're going to be back to where we were right. in the late Peter Capaldi era. Right. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a lot of a how do you slice it? You know, do you mm-hmm. do, do you look at highs and lows? Do you look at you know even even so even with the drop, every episode this season was above every episode of last season. I mean, there right. are there are different ways to slice it, and it's so it's hard to to read the tea leaves on this and say mm-hmm. this is definitively what it means. But right. uh, but 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 as far as what you said, Jimmy, it, I mean it it means the show's not getting canceled. They have already. They're already producing the next season. Um, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see once the the seven day numbers start coming out for a resolution, because mm-hmm. although it although it's the second lowest I'm looking on Doctor Who TV, the second lowest for the overnight uh, for those who watch the day of. That's also New Year's Day. Right. That's a very busy day. There's a lot of stuff in both Britain and here that are on TV that other people are watching. But that doesn't mean that they won't sit and watch it the next couple of days or the next that this last weekend on DVR or off of the the streaming. So it'll be interesting to see here coming up here this week, what the week length numbers are. The, the other number that has been pointed to by the glasses, half empty people um, is the audience uh, scores that you're getting Mm -hmm. now. Actually the BBC of the people, they have an audience appreciation index 
um, which is done by TV diary method. So it's not it's 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 probably not that reliable, but it they're very high. Mm -hmm. Um, you you have ratings that are in the in in the either the high seventies or the low to mid eighties. Yep. And that's comparable to previous seasons of Doctor Who in the New Who era. So that's that hasn't changed substantially at all. Right. Um, but there's a question about that methodology. When you look, though, to Internet-based um, measures like Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic, oh you <laughs> have huge disparities between yeah. what the critics are saying and what the users who use that website are saying. So right. like right now for all of season 11 on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, the tomato meter, which is their professional critics, has a 94 percent fresh rating for yep. season 11 of Doctor Who. They they liked it. The audience score is only 22 percent fresh. So there's a 72 percent disparity between mm -hmm. the reaction of the critics and the reaction of the Rotten Tomatoes site users. Now. This also is not scientific, but uh, because you have to choose, do I want to use this site? Do I want to rank it? And so you're going to get people who are highly motivated, who either really like it or really don't, who have the highest motivation to give it a user ranking. But what it does show is the people who really don't like it are much more highly motivated than the people who really do like it. Mm -hmm. So there has been an alienation of a significant chunk of the fan base here. Yep. Even though that's not something that uh, is reflected in the overall numbers, which are up. So that brings up a, a larger discussion about fandom in general today. And maybe, <laughs> I don't know, maybe that's a whole nother episode that we could talk about, but fans of prop of major properties, whether it's this or Star Trek or Star Wars, uh, there's been this te tendency for there to be a lot of vocal polarization. vitriol, polarization, yeah. vocal vitriol, mm -hmm. anger. In fact, there's even been shown that some of that has been has been just like in the election stuff, which I don't want to necessarily get into, but Ugh. that it's been stoked by nation states who have a, a stake in having our countries be more divided uh, socially so that it, it advances their political notions. It, it's, uh, it's Russia's it's Russia's fault. It's Russia's fault. Oh, well, well, it has been found that that Russian troll bots on Twitter were pushing the anti uh, uh, Star Wars, Star Wars stuff, the last Jedi stuff. Huh. Uh, they they actually had shown proved it that that it was uh, I don't know that it's been doing that for Doctor Who I'm just saying that so there's some of that that's out there but there is this tendency I think even apart from that uh, within within the, the fan the fan base that's social media based mm -hmm. there's a tendency to feed the negativity there's. Right. There's there are YouTubers well, and bloggers bait. who are who are looking for clickbait, right? They're what, mm -hmm. they're trying to to get more people angry, and it's just, but also just even that's the nature of social media. I think fuels outrage, yeah. fuels anger, and amplifies it. Well, we're we're kind of getting so, into so by, unfortunately so by, the uh, the the cultural milieu we're in as a whole. I mean, I, I don't because right. you can look at. You know, science fiction fandom, you can look at fantasy fandom, you can look at comic book fandom, you can look at gamer fandom, um, all these different fandoms, all these different little enclaves, and they're all having the same issues. They're right. all seeing the same arguments, the same fights. 
So that's why it makes it even more important for you, the listener, to share Secrets of Doctor Who on social media, because we're a moderate voice. (laughs) We we really are. We aren't aren't the haters and we aren't the adulators. We talk Mm -hmm. about things that are problems, but we also talk about things that are good. We're actually very moderate. Exactly. Right. We, we, tr- we, tr- we, tr- we try to strike that balance. Um, some might agree that we go too far one or the other. So be it. Maybe maybe we do. Maybe we don't. But we sure um, try. The adulators would say we're too negative and the haters would say we're way too positive. Exactly. Exactly. Right. But I, I, I you, you kind of touched on it, Dom. I, I think a lot of it does have to do with the the echo chambers that we develop in our social media. Right. Where we, we end up. Oh, this person disagrees with me unfriend this person disagrees with me i'm not going to follow them oh i like this person i'm going to follow him and eventually we get our little bubbles where we sit and argue amongst ourselves you know or aren't we great because we showed them right and then there is a like when you dig into the reviews on uh on rotten tomatoes for example the audience reviews uh there's a lot of i mean it's like yelp reviews of restaurants like (laughs) <laughs> You're rating the restaurant based on whether you like the taste of your margarita. That's not the the, the high and low of an of an entire restaurant. The, the most people are not professional. The yeah. waiter looked at me funny when I asked for a second cup of dip. He, he, yeah. This place sucks. You yeah, know? right, right. And so, so there's the sort of a little bit of the tyranny of the crowd, but there's also a little bit of the tyranny of the professional critic who who thinks that they their opinion is is better than everyone else's as well. I I have for long years, long before there was uh, social media, have said basically if if the local uh, t- movie critics in Boston dislike a movie, I probably want to go see it because mm-hmm. their tastes yeah. are not mine. Uh, so. So there's a little of the I think maybe there's some backlash against the professional critics that's going on. But there's mm-hmm. a little bit of the feeding of the clickbait and the troll behavior. There's a it's a complex stew and there's a lot of things going on. And it's hard to kind of to dig through that, which is one of the reasons, of, as you said, Jimmy, one of the reasons why we do this ep- this podcast is so that we we can sort of be a moderate voice examining both the, the good qualities and the bad qualities and 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 taking for what it is without descending into troll you know baiting and and all that sort of stuff um, yeah there there were lots of people who uh, i mean to give a concrete example in the biggest thing this season the fact the doctor is a woman now there were lots of people who said oh this is the death of doctor who it's it's it doctor who can't be a woman this ruins the series <laughs> then there were other people who said oh it's the greatest thing ever the doctor is a woman why is it taking so long this is so awesome and our response was essentially, tell us some good stories. Yes. Yeah. You know? Right. I don't, I, it's not the worst thing ever. It's not the best thing ever. You know, gender politics doesn't need to come into this. Just tell us good stories. Yeah. I don't want to be preached at from the left or from the right. <laughs> I don't want you know, to, to cast people because they fit yeah. a particular political agenda, whether it's from the left or the right. I just want good, good storytelling that that doesn't. But it doesn't have to be bland either. It can it can make a moral point. It can make a right. point about, about society. I mean, good sci fi has always done that. But well, don't don't preach it. Don't shove it well, down my throat. In an and, obvious and we had we we had a lot of preaching this season and yeah. not just in episodes like Rosa or Demons of the Punjab. The doctor's constant crusade against weapons. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, we had we had, unfortunately, a, a bunch of preaching and that and it violates Mark uh, Twain's dictum that fiction should never preach overtly, only covertly. Right. And because otherwise this is the reason and 
you know, as a person of faith, I am not happy to say this, but this is the reason uh, one of the key reasons that so much Christian fiction is terrible. Oh, yes. Oh, because yeah. because it preaches in a way it shouldn't. It preaching ruins everything, whether it's pre- a message you like or a message mm-hmm. you don't like. Getting that explicit about it takes away from the story. Well, and it's one thing I, I mentioned explicitly, kind of tongue in cheek, but there's there is a lot of truth to it is, you know, don't preach to me. That's my job as a priest. That's my <laughs> right. job. And frankly, right. I do it better than you do. And uh, am I being, you know, am I being conceived by saying that? No, the, the, when you try to preach in fiction, it comes across as being preachy. My job is to preach at mass. And so, of course, that's going to come across as preachy because it's supposed to. <laughs> right. So we're, we're going on uh, a bit long, so I don't want to take too much time because yeah, we, we have some great. Soon. Yeah, we get some great feedback. The last bit I want to say is just looking forward. Uh, we know that we're we have to wait till 2020 to get the next season. Uh, we've said they've said very early 2020. So hopefully maybe, you know, it'll begin with a New Year's Day special and we'll mm-hmm. have the season go from there. That would be nice. Um, the does the. We had we got eleven episodes this season, ten plus a special. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty short historically. Uh, we've in the past mm-hmm. had twelve, thirteen episodes. Well, um, right. it would be nice to get twelve or thirteen episodes again. Uh, frankly, I'd love to get more, uh, but that doesn't seem to be the trend with TV uh, now. Any sense from you guys? Uh, what you know, whether you we can expect to see that? What do you think? I have a feeling they're probably going to at least keep it at ten. I know there was yeah. some some rumors when. Be, uh, before the season was this season was over that Chris Chimnall wanted to only do six if it was going to be in 2019. I think that and that is part of the reason I think, in my opinion, they moved it to 2020 yeah. um, to give them more time to do it, which hopefully means we'll get better stories. You know, we'll get better. You mm-hmm. know, they've obviously in, improved the graphics and you know, the graphic, uh, the special effects and everything. But um, so I, I think we're going to be 10 plus a special and maybe they'll yeah. start with, like you said, New Year's or even Christmas, mm-hmm. Christmas 2019. I, I, I agree. We're probably going to get another 11 would be my guess. Um, looking forward and also just a few little notes to tie up my my final thoughts on this season. Um, I thought the music was forgettable, as illustrated mm. by the fact I don't remember any standout themes. None of them are mm. like the driving Matt Smith hour of the 11th theme. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't find myself annoyed by the music. I just think it was forgettable. Um <clears throat> We didn't have any really cool new villains. The most interesting villain was the Pating, and that how do you bring that back? <laughs> um, so there were no new villains with the potential to be major recurring villains, not even Tim Shaw. Um, many of the episodes I noticed had a lot of great, even though some were like Demons of the Punjab were beautifully shot, and it takes you away also, had a lot of really nice visuals in it of Norway. Um, but a lot of the episodes had a kind of gray quality with soft mm. focus. It looked realistic. It was not colorful. Like mm. if you see the insides of a lot of buildings, it looks very realistic. But it compare that to the Russell T. Davies era where just eye popping color is on your screen. Yeah. I actually liked the eye popping color more. Um, in terms of going forward, I think they can course correct from some of the things they did this season. I think they have a good foundation to build on with the doctor and companions. I think they need to make, yeah, I think they need to make Ryan more likable. I think they need to give Yaz more to do. I -hmm. think they need to make the doctor more intriguing Mm -hmm. because right. They've done the number one thing they needed to do. Make her likable done. Now make her more interesting. 
Um, the, so I think some course corrections are needed in terms of, I actually had a thought about when they, whenever they recast the doctor next, it shouldn't be to a man. It should be another woman Mm -hmm. because otherwise an immediate reversion to masculinity would, would, it would not be good for the show. You need to have some consistency here before you start switching it up randomly. Um, it needs to be a woman, but I think it needs to be an older woman next time mm. who has a harder edged personality. Mm. It's like if you think back to I forget the actress's name, but like in the Waters of Mars episode, the yeah. actress who is oh, the sure. chief of the water of the Martian colony, she would be perfect, I think, as a next yeah. doctor. She has that British authority, sharp edged. Ultimately, she's compassionate and a good person. but. I think to follow up Jodie Foster's I'm likable, you need someone with a little harder edge and who's a little more mature. James Duty Dench from about 25 years ago when she was M for the first time in uh, James Uh Bond. (laughs) She would have been great. Um, That would be interesting. Um, Father Corey, any last thoughts on the season before we get into feedback? Um, You know, the only only thing I want to say that I really didn't get to say is um, I really liked the special effects. I kind of hinted at it, but I really liked the special effects. I liked the de- dematerialization, especially, you know, it looked very otherworldly. And I thought the coolest one was actually the last dematerialization of the season. That was a uh, resolution when they're taken off to go off to further adventures. You know, you see the, the, the two uh, archeologists are holding hands. The TARDIS is in the background. It starts flashing. And instead of the TARDIS dematerializing, everything else dematerialized and it went right into the, time vortex right i thought that was a really cool final special effect for the season excellent so let's get into some feedback uh, right now and the first bit of feedback is from uh, rick angelini who actually has feedback on the season 11 retrospective uh from his point of view um rick made his his viewpoint on the season uh made known uh early on and often on our uh, facebook page uh but he says uh he agrees i would think uh with uh with jimmy i think i would recap the season as ho-hum much as with the previous season with capaldi uh maybe expectations are set too high but i find the stories to be simply okay generally not horrible but nothing approaching outstanding i have no trouble accepting jody's a female doctor i generally like the three companions in fact, the these companions work much better than the awkward season with Bill, who never seemed to catch her stride. Um, there's something lacking in the stories, maybe a lack of pending doom or imminent danger. It's kind of interesting. Um, his he he liked the best the uh, stories of Daleks with uh, Commander Strax and Madame Vastra, the Weeping Angels. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, so that's Rick's feedback. So thank you, Rick, for that. Um, on the Shakespeare Code, which the episode we did, uh, Bennett. Uh, Gillespie, he liked the uh, the new opening sound. So, folks, maybe you've noticed that we've had a new opening uh, a bit of music. Uh, when we're doing uh, the current season, we have the ones with uh, Jodie Whittaker. Uh, when we do ones for the, the classic or or new Who uh, rewatch, I have one that's for just uh, with those doctors. So, a little bit of fun. Uh, Bennett says uh, he is impressed with uh, with my kids because I had mentioned my kids like like Shakespeare. Uh, he says in the UK, Shakespeare is compulsory in schools and most of the population have sat in classes taking turns to read paragraphs each in monotone voices. Only a small percentage of kids would like Shakespeare DVDs like, like mine do. I would actually, I disagree. If the kids got to do watch those instead mm-hmm. of 
to yeah. recite paragraphs at each other, they would like Shakespeare too. Shakespeare yeah, I, I never, a- I never really liked Shakespeare until I got to see actual Shakespeare performed by people who who want to perform it exactly. And do well, well, well done, uh, Shakespeare. Oh, yeah. and this is a recommendation uh, just to help people appreciate Shakespeare a little bit more. You should find the video. I know it's on Amazon and it may be on Netflix uh, called The Complete Works of William Shakespeare Abridged. <laughs> it, is a lo- it is a lot of fun. Oh, the good. Complete Works of William Shakespeare well, and, Abridged. And then, of course, there's Star Wars Shakespeare. My kids love well. that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've, I've got that, too. Yep. And well written, by the way. I have to say they've, they yes. did it. It's not just a. Pastiche. They've done a really good job with that. So, someone, I love, somebody posted I, I, the uh, these aren't the droids you're looking for scene on Facebook today and just laughing reading it. <laughs> I love what they do with the did hand shoot first question. In that. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so and then uh, on our episode on the Christmas Carol, uh, Alfredo Burunda says uh, uh, on Facebook, I saw a parallel between Sardic and Abigail spending Christmas as their last evening together. And the Doctor and River Song spending their last evening together mm. at Derillium, although mm. the 24-year-long last night. So, interesting parallels that there. That is an interesting parallel. Yeah. Um, and then on our episode on resolution, uh, first, our friend Jeff Miller says uh, he liked our diagnosis of the episode. Uh, the opening of the Warrior Persons was surface interesting, just as long as you didn't think about it too much. Um uh, he he thought it didn't invest the scenario with any plausibility. Um, he did find the Dalek episode to actually live up to having a scary Dalek. They're usually all threat with little palpable horror about them. This season <laughs> had a couple of episodes invoking the horror genre with real consequences, especially this episode. And I really liked how they subverted the trope regarding Ryan's absentee father. I thought they were telegraphing he would sacrifice himself to kill the Dalek in an act of redemption. So pleasantly surprised for them both to both show that he was willing to do this and for him to be saved. As the season has evolved, I have come to more and more like the companion dynamics, real character growth, and not just plot points. Very good. Thank you, Jeff. Um, there was some um, some feedback from folks about uh, our discussion of the, 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 the casting of the Warriors at the beginning of that episode. And I, I hope, some people said they stopped listening at that point. I hope you go back and listen to the rest of the episode, because that really was just a small portion of our yeah. overall discussion, which we both, as we, as you see from our rankings, both pretty much like this episode, and yeah, we had a lot to say about it. Both of our rankings, yeah. Well, so I, I, you know, when I listened to it, I, I looked at, the, I, I kind of timed it, and it was about two minutes. Is about all that was in this hour long episode that these two discussed it. So I mean, it, it yeah, it was just kind of it's there. We're not happy with it. Let's move on. I mean, and, and yeah. I have to. Um, this is you know, if, if someone can't listen to a viewpoint they disagree with for two minutes before turning something off. I I'm I'm sorry for that, but I don't think I can accommodate otherwise because I cannot agree. I cannot I cannot foresee that I'm going to be able to say things that everyone is going to agree with for the whole time. There will be right. things where we disagree. We disagree with each other here on this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And being able to think about and appreciate uh, the viewpoints of people you disagree with is an important skill that uh, too many people have not cultivated in our age. It's one of the reasons for the extreme polarization and what we need to get out of our bubbles and listen to the viewpoints, including of people who we don't agree with. Go, go back about 15 minutes ago where we were talking about social media (laughs) and the ratings. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So what, just to sort of clarify what we were talking about there is we, we thought that 
casting um, an African American man uh, as an as a leader of a British uh, clan in the a thousand plus years ago, uh, you know, or in, in, the, in what is now not, Britain, not just not just a black man. It's but, it was the three leaders were right. a white man, a white woman. And a black man. Right. And as three military leaders in the ninth century right. in England, when this was already a Christian era, it was, you know, for good or bad, that's what we're dealing with here. This was not realistic to the time period. And for me and for Dom, it served mm-hmm. as a distraction from the story. Right. Not, well, think, not a not a deadly distraction, not a fatal distraction. No, it was, it was so a fine speak. story, but it yeah. was a blotch. Yeah. I think that's I think that's ultimately a lot of the complaints we've had with this season is lack of historicity. You know, or certain yeah. things were not historically accurate. Well, well, it's not even just the lack of historicity because I don't expect Doctor Who to be perfect in this regard. But it's 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 sometimes it feels like they do, I do. things. She's got a time machine. Well, exactly. Well, but the but Doctor Who, I mean, has always kind of you know, know. has a little bit of you know, it's, as you say, Jimmy, science fantasy. Um, yeah, it's the fact that you, it often feels like they're doing it to kind of make a point or to be mm. preachy about it. And that's the problem. Although there is one perspective that we got on that casting of those three characters that I that I that really made me stop and think that maybe there's something to this, which is um, Lauren Ellis uh, says uh, on on our Facebook page. It occurred to me that this was like a reverse epiphany. We're just past the Feast of Epiphany on uh, on Sunday. Three warrior chieftains from all over come together to divide a threat rather than to worship a king. In this case, um, whereas the Magi came to worship a king. To me, that makes a lot of sense why they'd be diverse. Traditionally, the Magi were also diverse. We I, I, I just like I don't, I, we use the word diverse to, to mean certain things. But they, they, in this case, she's very correct in that diverse. They they look different. They are different well, from each other uh, in the way they're depicted in art. In reality, they all three would have been members of the same ethnic group. Right. Quite but likely the, Persian. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, yeah, although uh, references, it was it in Isaiah and Psalms kind of and the Psalms kind of make this idea that. They represent all all of humanity, and they come from right. different places. I think it was in, the was Magi. It, was it was it Isaiah? The reading from yesterday, Isaiah talking about coming from Sheba, Arabia, one of them, Arabia, Arabia yeah, but, and Sheba, and but that's right. not the three wise men. No, but but it. Well, I don't want to get too much into the theology, especially against both of you, but because <laughs> I would lose well, it. But you, you can find out more about that if you listen. No, <laughs> right, this winter. No, <laughs> yeah, but the, the idea that you know they, they, there's been a historical idea of the Beijing representing of all, all of humanity to coming to the manger. And that's mm-hmm. might be why we would see, um, uh, you know, three Portrayed people in different, yeah. different. They, they could have set it up differently then that that's all right. they needed to do was set it up by saying, and a, a gathering of warriors from all over many lands came together to defeat yep. the terrible enemy. Right. And it's not, it wouldn't be if they, if that were the case, it wouldn't be the first time that Chris Schimmel didn't say, uh, you know, right up front to to make explicit what he tries to make implicit. Um, mm-hmm. so, so she, uh, Lauren, points out it wouldn't be the first time Doctor Who has put things into the show related to the calendar. The, for example, the Peter Capaldi episode with Cybermen and Missy, which released on All Souls Day, having to do mm. with souls being collected, or the themes of resurrection on episodes released on or around Easter, that sort of thing. So there's uh, a disappointment, yeah. and, and I'll yeah. accept that. Uh, fair, fair enough point. Um, and then uh, Amy Flowers says uh, it's impressive that Chibnall did something new and genuinely, ter- genuinely terrifying with the Daleks. 
The Dalek on the Wall was rather terrifying in the alien-esque framing of it. I, I see that. <laughs> I loved how the actress playing Lynn flips so convincingly between terrified and fighting oh, yeah. to scary possessed Dalek human, which was yeah, very good. She did a good job of that. Uh, the parallel of the Dalek making its armor to the Doctor forging her own screwdriver was a nice bookend to the premiere, which is mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, we didn't comment on that, but it is a nice that bookend. Is, yeah, that yeah. was a nice catch. Uh, there were some questions you had that might be answered with the second viewing, like where do those rockets come from? I think they came from that same uh, defense contractor that she broke into. I think mm-hmm. they were in that vault. And how much time passed to allow all that construction? Well, it's yeah, you know, I, it's I, I saw someone I saw somebody complain. You know, well, how you know how could the you know how could this simple farmer have all that metalworking equipment? You haven't been around a farm, have you? A lot of times <laughs> yes. it's quicker to fix equipment using that metalworking equipment than it is to go to the, the implement dealer and buy a new part, assuming you can get the new part from the implement dealer. Right. But where Father Corey lives, he knows to, uh, quite a bit about that. on Kerblam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I've known farmers who have had basically mobile metalworking shops in the back of their truck. Um, yeah. They're yeah. they're out there. You're out there at harvest time, and it's a hundred miles to the implement dealer. Guess what? You're gonna fix that part. Yes, exactly. So, so. and then, uh, so just to finish off Amy's comment, she says, "I'd been worried we wouldn't see Ryan's father at all this season, and I liked how they handled him. The doctor's righteous. You didn't go to the funeral greeting. The Graham's angry caution, and of course, Ryan saying exactly what he needed to say, and not buying Aaron's excuses. Cool story. Still abandonment." That was a good line. Yep, that uh, was. Was how I reacted when Aaron made that when you're older speech. It was the better choice in the writer's part not to kill Aaron. I agree. Mm-hmm. Not just because it avoided the trope, but now it allows for a different and frankly more interesting story to develop. Should we ever see Aaron again, which I hope is the case. Actually, I do too. I hope I hope we don't just like, oh, now uh, uh, his daddy issues are resolved and we're never going to well, see this guy again. You know, I, I think, you know, we talked about uh, Ryan's character and I think this could be the way that they develop it um you know is through his dad his relationship with his dad i think that could be a very good way to develop his character yes so thank you everyone for your feedback we love getting your feedback um as we do in every episode as we're wrapping up here i'd like to take a moment to thank the patrons who make it possible for us to create secrets of doctor who uh today we wanted to thank by name amy z cmf elaine k jesse k and megan f through their generous don- donations at sqpn.com slash give, they make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Doctor Who and all the shows at sqpn.com. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Uh, that's it from us. What did you think of our appraisal of season 11? Let us know by visiting sqpn.com or the Secrets of Doctor Who Facebook page. Leave us some feedback there or send us an email to Who at sqpn.com. You can find links to all our personal social media and websites on our show notes at sqpn.com. Until next time, Jimmy Aiken, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Doctor Who. Thanks, Dom. Father Corey Stika, thank you as well. And thank you, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of Doctor Who on StarQuest. And remember, we'll be back next week. Join us, please. Right. This is going to be fun.